0: And Naomi Wolf comes back today for an update with us. She, of course, best-selling author, columnist, professor, uh, very influential feminist writer, uh, Rhodes Scholar, a graduate of Yale, doctorate from Oxford, eight best-selling works, including The Beauty Myth, uh, Give Me Liberty, The End of America, founder and CEO of the company, dailyclout.io. Follow her at Naomi Wolf on Twitter. And of course, first up is going to be Brandon Weichert. Brandon is a 1945 senior editor. He's a former congressional staffer, a geopolitical analyst, contributor to the Washington times and the Asia times, author of a winning of winning space. How America remains a superpower. He's going to talk about China's race to control life and what that means. So let's get to our two great guests. I suspect you've seen Susan and I gushing over Paleo Valley products. We love the taste and how well they fit into a paleo-based nutrition regimen. They're delicious, and we use them for travel all the time. But there is more. We are huge fans as well of Paleo Valley's grass-fed bone broth protein. It comes in three flavors, unflavored, vanilla, and chocolate. It's a powder you can add to really anything. We add it to coffee literally every day. Smoothies, baked dishes, just hot water dissolves really easily. The bone broth protein is made with 100% grass-fed and finished bones that are free from pesticides or antibiotics and are slow simmered to extract as much collagen as possible. As we age, collagen breaks down, that's what wrinkles are, and research shows that there are significant benefits to adding a collagen source in your diet don't think it's too much to say it's changed our lives and susan is now reporting that after drinking the bone broth for a few weeks her hair is stronger and longer and nails are stronger too try it for yourself you can order at dr paleovalley paleo valley and use dr drew at checkout to save an additional 15 percent. i think everyone knows the next medical crisis could be just around the corner whether it comes in the form of another pandemic or something much more routine like a tick bite You and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their physicians on, like Dr. McCullough, frequently. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy.
1: It's really, it's a safety net. It's an insurance policy that you hope you're not going to need.
0: But if you need it, you sure as heck are going to wish you had it if you need it. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all these life-saving medications. From anthrax to tick bites, To COVID-19, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. Go to drdrew.com slash TWC. That is D-R-D-R-E-W dot com forward slash TWC. To get 10% off today, just click on that link. I neglected to give uh, Brandon's particulars. You can find him at the Weichert Report, spelled W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. Also, uh, let me see what this is. We the Brandon. (laughs) All right. Let's welcome We the Brandon into our show. Brandon, welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having (laughs) me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: (laughs) That's a fantastic handle. We the Brandon. So, um, n-b-r-a-n-d-o-n for those of you wondering so yeah. w- china's race to biohack life itself just tell me what the premise of your theory is
1: yeah so basically uh Uh, biotechnology is the new industry that's getting ready to pop. It's going to do for this decade, likely what computer technology did in the late 20th century, as you know, with your medical background Um, and with COVID, we now know that, you know, this is the big industry everybody's wanting to get into. Um, China has had its fingers in the biotech industry for many years, a decade at least, and they are actually starting to dominate the development of uh, the medical technologies that we think we're going to need for the future. It's all happening in China and they have no ethical or moral standard. And as it turns out, as I f- was working on the book, obviously, COVID came out and I was sort of writing about what was going on with COVID. It, it looks as though uh, through research that uh, the Chinese actually developed uh, coronavirus in a lab through a gain of function uh, experiment at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And then when you peel back the layers more, you find out that American firms and research organizations have been partnering with Chinese biotech firms, not just on coronavirus gain-of-function experiments, but for a retinue of experiments. And as one leading Stanford bioethicist told me, uh, the trump card to the Hippocratic Oath, which is to first do no harm, is cures. And so can we get cures faster out of China because they are willing to basically cut moral and ethical corners uh, in ways that most Western nations are not willing to support. And so this this book is really about the evolution of that industry in China.
0: Well, I mean, I think the the simple answer to your rhetorical question there is, yes, uh, they can get around a lot of things. Is, particularly if it serves the party or if it serves the collective, they, they have a different moral compass, right? If it's good for the whole, it right. doesn't matter how many get sacrificed. Right. But, you know, we have a case study of precisely the excesses with the only, well, the only human that I'm aware of, application of CRISPR technology came from yes. a scientific scientist who was bewildered. When he was uh, uh, dressed down a bit by uh, the international community for just going ahead uh, on his own and inserting genes into a twins, now yes. the Chinese government correct me if I'm wrong did get take him down a bit, but it, I always wondered if that's just for uh, appearance sake, while the while you know under the under the hood doing their own thing with CRISPR, right.
1: Right. So the doctor you're referring to is Hu Junkui, and he uh, basically used CRISPR-Cas9, which is the gene editing tool that we in America created to map the human genome. It's what we use to uh, basically go in and gene edit uh, for, uh, you know, getting rid of unwanted uh, diseases or whatnot. It's what mRNA vaccines Mm -hmm. are based off of using that technology. Um, And this Dr. Hu, in China decided to go in utero while these twins were still in their mother's wombs and gene edit HIV out of them The twins were born healthy and without any incidence of HIV the issue was MIT Technology Review did a a case study on them a year later and found that the twins brains had actually they're larger than the average brain and we don't really know what that means because obviously they're still so young these children Um, But the doctor in question was absolutely reprimanded by his government. But the real reason is, I think you're right, because what that did was it revealed what China's really doing with CRISPR-Cas9. And in the book, I talk about uh, this concept that the Chinese military talks about openly uh, in 2019, right after President Xi Jinping appeared in uh, battle fatigues and declared a people's war on the United States, um, the leader of China's bioweapons program gave a speech in Beijing in which he started talking about using CRISPR-Cas9 to conduct, with the Chinese military terms, specific ethnic genetic attacks. So they're now talking about overtly the weaponization of uh, CRISPR-Cas9, the technology we gave them and they're gonna use it on us. And they may have already done that with COVID as a proof of concept.
0: So I think you're gonna to have to uh, tease that all out a bit and unpack what you just said to make people sure people caught it. I, I caught it, I caught Absolutely. what you said, but I think you're gonna to have to make it explicit <laughs> because as I'll, because it's a okay. profoundly controversial thing to say. So I'm gonna ask you to say it in detail.
1: Okay, right now, um, here we go. Basically, in 2015, the National Institute of Health, as well as the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, led by Dr. Anthony Fauci, were partnered with University of North Carolina. They were doing uh, what's known as gain of function research on coronaviruses. And basically, that's where you make take your average coronavirus and you basically weaponize it for vaccine research purposes. The Obama administration ordered the NIH and Dr. Fauci to put the kibosh on it because they feared if it ever got out of the lab, that it would be a pandemic and they would be blamed politically for it. So what happened was uh, Dr. Fauci saluted and said, yes, sir, I'll I'll terminate these experiments. But he didn't tell anybody that he was going to hand off all of the research and funding for that program over to the Wuhan Institute of Virology through a third party, a nonprofit known as the EcoHealth Alliance, led by a guy named Peter Dazak and Ralph Barak, uh, and they they handed it off to Dr. Shi Zhengli, who's better known as the Bat Woman of Wuhan, and she was the foremost expert in China on taking horseshoe uh, bat coronaviruses and doing gain of function tests on them. So she basically led the way over all those years to uh, weaponize coronaviruses, ostensibly for uh, quicker vaccine research. The fear among the scientific community was, hey, look, we already had SARS. We already had the bird flu. There was MERS, which is a similar uh, illness affecting the Middle East. Eventually, we're going to have a pandemic, and it's probably going to emanate from a coronavirus. Um, Unbeknownst to the Americans who were funding and supporting this project for vaccine research was the fact that uh, Xi Zhengli, was cooperating with, because she's part of the People's Liberation Army, and the People's Liberation Army in 2015, their senior PLA uh, Air Force uh, medical personnel got together and wrote a proposal for President Xi Jinping in which they explicitly outlined how they could weaponize coronaviruses, deploy them against a targeted country like the United States to collapse that country's medical and economic system, for strategic political effects that would redound to the benefit of China. And if you look at what happened with COVID-19, that is precisely what ended up happening here in the United States. We basically shut down our system, we terrorized each other and our own people in the name of pandemic protocols, and then we overthrew the government in a very nasty election that's still disrupting the status quo here in terms of societal peace. Meanwhile, China was able to use that time, and of course they were damaged as well, but not politically. Xi Jinping is more powerful today than he was before the pandemic. And it looks like he's ramping up, I think, for a big strike on Taiwan a lot sooner than my pals at the Pentagon want to admit to.
0: You all, you also, I, I, we've heard this story before from Lee uh, Meng Wan, who's a, a, a virologist who has run away from yep. Hong Kong uh, after being told she would be disappeared for yep. digging into some of the same materials uh but but you said something you 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 evidently th- have glossed over that 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 they were weaponizing these viruses and by the way we also talked to uh Dr. to Ralph Martin um I'm sorry. Is that mm-hmm. David Martin uh, about David UNC Martin. and and Ralph Barr and Ralph Barrick and and this goes this goes back a long way. I mean, you told us yeah. the more recent chapter of this of this story, yep. but this the reality is it goes back into the 90s, perhaps. And yeah. so there's a lot of history yeah. for us to to learn from here. Is that, is that chronicled yeah, in your absolutely. book? I'm sorry, I've not read the book yet. Yeah, um, yeah. That's okay. And so uh, uh, go ahead, the, finish yeah. fin- finish your thought. I was
1: just going to say, the 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 90s, uh, that aspect I only mentioned a little bit. The real focus was mm. uh, on what China's doing with weaponizing pretty much mm. all of biotech against yeah. us. So the COVID is a part of the story. But the really scary stuff, yeah. Dr. Drew, is coming down the line it's not even hasn't hit us yet they haven't deployed it yet but they're working on it and i talk about that in the
2: book
0: well, well i want to know more about what that is but first i want to uh parse out this one piece that you've lost past that is highly controversial which is you said that they're weaponizing th- viruses and infectious agents to be mm-hmm. ethnically specific to be mm-hmm. able to n- may perhaps not strike Uh, Chinese, uh, biologically Chinese individuals, but hit people of a different ethnic origin. Tell me more about that. And by the way, I expect this this to have a huge reaction. So either way, people are going to agree or disagree with you. I just want to hear what you have to say.
1: Right, absolutely. Uh, So the Beijing Genomics Institute is China's largest state-run biotech company. And uh, they have been developing the world's largest gene bank. Basically, when you're a geneticist, I'm married to one, so I, I know from her. Uh, when when you are a geneticist, you're almost like a computer program when you're playing with the data in the lab. It's instead of ones and zeros, it's our DNA that that you're computing. And so you put all that information of an individual or a group of people into a data bank, and then you can sometimes use artificial intelligence to help you. But you can start identifying patterns in groups of people, patterns of of disease and and trajectories, and, and what is one group's likely to be more uh, affected by than others. And you can even now, with the way they're developing CRISPR-Cas9 capabilities, and this is where specific ethnic genetic attacks come into play. You can even now start to develop uh, pathogens that would only affect one or two people specifically. And the Chinese very much want to create sort of for lack of a better term, surgical bioweapons. Um, and they're using uh, this gene bank. The first group they're testing it on is the the uh, Muslim uh, Turkic Uyghurs uh, in western Xinjiang, which is uh, part of China near the Afghanistan's border. There's a few million Uyghurs who have been put into concentration camps and by run by the Chinese government. And the first thing those poor people are made to do is forcibly hand over Uh, their genetic samples, which is then collated in that BGI-led gene bank. And what the Chinese military is doing is they're trying to figure out, is there any way they can tailor a plague that would wipe out the undesirable masses in China who are not ethnic Han Chinese, Uh, Which is the dominant group in China. And then they're going to take that capability. They're going to, after they use it on their own people, they're going to scale that out and they're going to start refining the methodology and using it on their enemies overseas, notably the Americans. And I fear that they've already gained critical access to our proprietary genetic information. Uh, BGI has a share, if I'm not mistaken, in 23andMe, which is uh, what we use to find out our ancestry. You spit into a vial, it's it away, and then the geneticist there figures out where your family's from. Well, that data is not destroyed. It's it's stored in the BGI gene bank for them to manipulate for further scientific and military purposes. Another thing also, BGI in 2013 bought a a genomics company in Mountain View... California that had exclusive access to the U.S. National Institute of Health, as well as the Centers for Disease Control uh, genetic databases. Uh, The Committee for Investment in the United States, CFIUS, was unable to prevent that purchase in time. And BGI in in that year, they got a hold of all of that proprietary taxpayer-funded American genetic information, and they sent that over into their gene bank. So they now have the genetic information of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of americans and they've been playing with it for at least seven years doing god knows what
0: now i i will preface what i'm about to say by um acknowledging that be, because i'm involved with some medical research i have been aware that the center of gravity of medical research generally has moved towards china and towards england too believe yes. it or not uh, but certainly towards yes. so china A- and the one thing that i've sort of taken away from or i'm sort of ruminating about maybe is a better way of saying it as it pertains to the the history we're talking about here of the layers of involvement and intrigue and you know how research has been uh, sort of continued by getting around uh, the spirit of the law and all these all these the the, the point I'm making is it seems like we have participated in all of these things as much as China has, number one. And number two, I'm beginning to think there's espionage and counter espionage and layer upon layer of everybody watching what everybody's doing. So the question would then be, are we doing the same thing? And if not, why not?
1: Um, we probably are to some degree, but unfortunately, we tend nowadays to Not really get creative with counterintelligence. Um, You know, we're busy searching for ghosts, Russian ghosts under Mar-a-Lago beds more than we are interested in actually stopping China uh, from dominating the next frontier of the high tech sector. Um, Something something to consider is just how intimately involved our government's research arms have been in helping China not only gain access to CRISPR-Cas9 but then also to fund them to do these medical research experiments thinking that, oh, they're just going to get to vaccines faster and we'll get the benefits of of that sooner, not realizing there's an undercurrent. In China, it's called military civil fusion, MCF. And basically, it is where there is no difference in between the military industrial centers and the civilian industrial centers. So what, what the civilians are working on for peacetime research is it's called dual use. It's easily shifted over to military purposes. We see this in every high-tech domain, whether it be space or biotech. This is what they're doing. And the Americans, we our FBI under Trump started to catch on and started to issue warnings and started to try to do some counteracting uh, measures to stop it. But under Biden, the first thing that President Biden did was shut down the China shop at the FBI that President Trump had established to go after Chinese high-tech espionage directed against the United States. So the government is completely uh, blinded to what's going on. And what's more, what I found is that many of our senior scientists in government are actually actively working with the Chinese. There was a gentleman named Dr. Charles Lieber, who was the leading nanoscientist Uh, For the Department of Defense, he really pioneered so much with nanoscience. Turns out from 2012 to 2019, he was secretly running a covert lab in Wuhan, part of China's Thousand Talents program, which is their official program for attracting American and Western uh, talent in science fields into China to basically do the research there. In fact, when my wife was at Yale doing her PhD in genetics, uh, nursing and genetics, Uh, They attempted to uh, get her to come to Wuhan in 2014 and uh, do Mm -hmm. her genetics research there rather than at an American company. And one of the offerings they made to her was, hey, we'll pay off your student debt as a uh, bonus, as a signing bonus. Um, and you know, as she said, had she not been you know with me, she probably would have gone over because she didn't know anything about national security. But this is this is the perniciousness of the way that the Chinese are operating. If they can't create it indigenously, they attract Western talent and funds, and they do it through very you know nefarious ways. And our government isn't stopping it. They don't. They're not even really aware of it until it's too
2: late. <laughs>
0: Right. And I am acutely aware that the scientific community, and the medical community was in massive denial about that, um, yes. you know, that uh, cohesion of the military and civil uh, research and the, the coziness uh, amongst medical researchers uh, in the West and China. Is still difficult to unravel. I think people are having difficulty yeah. believing that their peers are somehow adulterated because they're so used to trusting them and developing good research with them, but no sense of where that could go awry. So, A, respond well, to that. And B, where did you get all this information?
1: Well, so the first thing I'll say is you know, when people are surprised, just think of Wall Street going back to the 70s, uh, deindustrializing the United States and handing it over to Ch- communist China and then convincing themselves and everyone else that by doing so, they're turning China into our friend and open free trade, a rising tide will lift all boats. Of course, we learned the hard way. That's not what happens at all. So the medical community in America is sort of dominated by similar utopian notions of open science will create greater you know, amity between the two possibly warring countries of China and America. It- won't. It just empowers uh, China's war machine. Where I got this from, I have a background in national security policy uh, I worked on the Hill doing NATSEC policy, and then I transitioned into a uh, consulting role uh, where I focus on what's known as geotechnology, so the confluence of high tech and national security. Um, and uh, I've gotten to know many people in the intel community. Most of my resources most of my sources, were on background because these are active senior members of the US and uh, British intelligence services. Um, and then I just did, I kind of rolled up my sleeves and did Old-fashioned, uh, you know, Lexis, Nexus uh, medical database uh, papers research, and I found a lot of really, really frightening stuff about openly what Western scientists are doing with Chinese firms, biotech firms, to develop in uh, China these these different biotech capabilities that are really ghoulish. And if they're not stopped and better regulated, COVID's going to look like a picnic compared to what's happening going to happen next.
0: Well, that's what I want to talk about next. Speaking of next, is uh, what these sort of, uh, what the oncoming train is. But before we get to that, I want to bring Naomi Wolf in here because, as you know, her husband is very involved and he is, uh, yep. He has radicalized my wife, as as Naomi has. (laughs) Susan, you want to comment about that? About your radical nature there as it pertains to the Chinese communist government?
3: I know. I think we're bringing over the dark side now. Me? Yeah. No, I'm I'm just, I'm looking at the
0: history here. I'm just looking at what we we know, and I'm listening, and I'm learning. I don't know
3: a lot. I just have interest in it.
0: Yeah, and and it's people we've spoken to have have. This isn't the first time we're hearing these stories, and so there's something here. All right, let's. Uh, make, what we'll do is um, we will bring Naomi Wolf in after the break, and we'll have her talk about uh, her sense of what that something is. And then, Brand, you're going to tell me what the oncoming train is. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll be right back after this. I want to share with you a teeth whitening system that goes beyond merely enhancing your smile. Primal Life Organics Real White Teeth Whitening System offers convenience and rapid results without harsh chemicals. Light. Blue light for whitening. Red light for gum and oral hygiene, and you can just do both if you wish. Works naturally, promoting gum healing, tooth remineralization. Gives you a brighter and a healthier smile. Again, no peroxide involved. Consistent usage yields remarkable results. Take this opportunity to transform your smile and at the same time, Optimize your oral health. Aim for five times a week for the best outcomes. Discover more about this remarkable teeth whitening system and other products at drdrew.com/primal today. That again is drdrew.com/primal. Be sure to use that link for sixty percent off. dr d slash p r i m a l. Do it today for sixty percent off. There are three steps to great-looking, glowing complexion in the summer of course, apply sunscreen, stay hydrated, and use the amazing skincare products from our friends at Genucel. Most retinol creams are not recommended for sunlight, but Genucel's Ultra Retinol uses a powerful plant extract retinol. It's an alternative called Bacuqueol which helps the skin stay hydrated, smooths out fine lines without harsh side effects, and it is safe to use outside under your sunscreen. GenyCell works so well, you can see the results in this unplanned live moment on our show when the Redness Repair Cream repaired my skin in just minutes right before your eyes. And Susan and I love Cell so much, we created our affordable bundles at up to 72% off of our favorite products at GenuCell.com Drew. And just for the summer, every subscription includes a customized summer spa gift box absolutely free.
3: I know I'm a snob about the products I use on my face. Everybody knows it. Every time I go to the dermatologist's office, they're just rows and rows of different creams. And then when I get to the counter, they're overpriced. All kinds of products that you can all find at GenuCell.com.
0: See what's in our bundles? Get ready to show off your summertime skin. Go to GenuCell.com Drew. That's genuce dot com slash D-R-E-W, GenuCell.com Drew. And remember to use the code Drew at checkout for extra savings. Let's bring our friend Naomi Wolf in here. You can follow her at dailyclout.io and Twitter is, uh, is of course, Naomi Wolf, N A O M I W O L F. And uh, Naomi, welcome back.
3: Thanks so much for having me back. Glad to be with you again.
0: I I want to tell you on a lighter note before we get into the scarier stuff, uh, and I hope Susan will be able to hang around for a little while to hear some of this, which is I recently did an interview with a couple of interviews with Whitney Cummings and uh you know the comedian whitney and she went nuts when she found out that we were friends as as it literally she was saying i literally base my the, my life was organized <laughs> around the feminine mystique and, and around naomi wolf and uh and she would kill to meet you or talk to you so let's set that up after after we do all this if that's okay with you
3: lovely thank you love that
0: you bet she's She's a great, she's a great person. The Body of Others is uh, the current work of Naomi Wolf. Check it out. It pertains to much of what we've been talking about here today. It's sort of more of the stateside uh, domestic issues. And what we are doing with ourselves with these new biological realities. Uh, I'll give you a chance to react, as I said, to start this conversation out. You know, What is that something that's going on here from your perspective?
3: Well, what Brandon kind of brilliantly put out um, really maps so perfectly, and I know you know this, um, with what I've been seeing and reporting, you know, without the depth of knowledge at all that he has about China, I, I've i been reporting little bits of it as they affect the United States, not so little. I mean, the biggest thing I want to remind your audiences that, that I contributed um, is finding that the Pfizer injection is manufactured in an MOU with the Chinese Communist Party, with Fosun Pharmaceuticals, that is basically run by the Chinese Communist Party, a senior level CCP official. And Brandon couldn't be more right. And I know this from the legendary Brian O'Shea as well, my husband, um, <laughs> who's as you know e- equally obsessed with China for good reason from a national security perspective. That um, that that China. Is, is waging, uh, you know, warfare on us, unrestricted warfare, as I think Brandon mentioned, and that this injection made with the Chinese Communist Party, you know, as Brandon pointed out, there is no such thing as civilian military separation. So what a pharmaceutical company does with this injection serves the People's Liberation Army of China. There's They're the same thing. That has, they've created um, a billion extra doses They're not going to China. They're going to Western Europe and North America. And China, in a link that is now dead, I reported on it um, some months ago, uh, opened 14 manufacturing plants in Western Europe and two in the United States, um, one in Andover, Mass, and one in Princeton, New Jersey. And in 2021, the SEC filing for Pfizer BioNTech, which manufactures this injection, is. Transferred the IP, the intellectual property, uh, to China. And it says it right there in the SEC filing. It doesn't say a Chinese individual. It doesn't say a Chinese company. It says to China, to the nation of China. Um, so, what that means, and the other piece of evidence I'd like to remind you all about, and you can see this on my essay, Facing the Beast on my Substack, is that Hong Kong. And again, Hong Kong is under the dominion of the Chinese Communist Party now. Um, scientists in 2021 did an experiment in which they showed that the first mRNA injection into mice um, caused some serious damage, but the second injection caused catastrophic damage and caused the kinds of things that people of whom I have direct knowledge, who you know, young adults who are getting heart transplants now, Um, their hearts are enlarged and they have these calcifications or these um, kind of, um, I guess calcifications is the best word, these white patches on their hearts. And that's what happened to these, these rodents as well and then the and then there was catastrophic organ failure. So what what I'm saying is why the first boost, the second boost, the, you know, the first injection, second injection, first boost, second boost and they're coming again, you know, in this wave of propaganda about this new variant, um the FDA advisory panel approved in advance in June, you know, future boosters without even having safety data or knowing what was in them, right? Then we had the wave of, of, uh, AI generated journalism, which we're in the middle of right now saying, oh my God, an uptick here, this new variant It's called Eris, which interesting is the goddess of discord and disruption. Um, you know, it's now Rutgers is mandating it. Now schools are closing in Georgia, uh, and you get this kind of drip, 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 which again, people really need to understand that AI now runs journalism. So that's not that kind of mounting incremental horror is not something that organically happens with like human publishers making human decisions. This is AI ramping up the fear, ramping up the anxiety. Maybe you should bring back masks. Maybe you should wear two masks. Maybe children should not be going back to school. Um, And then in mid September, predictably, and if you go back to my appearances recently, I said, Next is the rollout, right predictably the new um the new uh, formulation um is is available again, no double blind studies showing that it's safe and then will come mandates. so all of that is 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 ready, and what people have to understand is by the third or fourth or fifth dose, I mean like this this material, whatever is in the new formulation, we know that it's going to have some of the lethal ingredients of all the other formulations, which are lipid nanoparticles, the adjuvant, right, polyethylene glycol, which coats lip, lipid nanoparticles, mRNA, and spike protein. And we so we know that it's cumulatively, these lipid nanoparticles don't leave the body. We've talked about this. So every time you get a new injection, you're loading more of these industrial fats covered in a polyethylene glycol, uh, which is an antifreeze, you know, this petroleum product, into your ovaries, into your liver, into your spleen, into your adrenals. And and this is where they accumulate, into your brain. Um, And so what the CDC found, or what my husband found in lawfully obtaining this document from the CDC's internal database lawfully, is that there have always been plans for six injections. And what I'm saying from having overseen this project, in which 3,500 medical and scientific experts have read through the Pfizer documents and now produced almost 80 reports about how uh, fatal and damaging and destructive to reproduction and just catastrophically bad for your nervous system, your your liver, your kidneys, your uh, heart, your circulation. just to end this riff, I promise. Um, multiple injections are are a weapon.
0: so I, I have a billion questions now. Uh, why would they where do these six injection information come from, and why would they target six? that makes zero sense to me? Was that an expectation I mean, that they would need six? Go ahead
3: I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I shouldn't like I shouldn't jump in, but what I'm asking, Pete, everything makes sense if you invert your expectations. every Nothing makes sense if doctors are acting like doctors and hospitals are acting like hospitals, and the White House is acting like the White House, and the FDA is acting like the FTA, um, because all of that would suggest that the goal is to heal people and to save them. So none of this makes sense under those circumstances, right? You wouldn't why would you have a spreadsheet that anticipates six injections. Um you don't even know if there're going to be six, you know, covid waves, right? When when the spreadsheet was obtained. Um now if you turn the hourglass upside down and you listen to what Brand and I are Brian, all of us are saying, and others, you know, people smarter than I am, like, you know, General Spalding and um, China watchers, now consider that war is being waged against us and that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't wage war the same way that we in the West think war is waged with armies and invasions and bombs. They wage it through subverting our institutions. Through buying up our farmland, through buying up our water resources, through owning—Brian taught me this—the energy grid. You know, all of this green stuff, which I thoroughly thought I supported, um, is made in China: solar and wind. And so they now own our grid. If we shift to an all green, um, no fossil fuel uh, energy grid, um, they—you uh, know Brandon talked about a database. Uh, I I once went through a CVS and did one of those uh, PCR tests for COVID and did a video that showed the package has no English lettering on it. It's only Chinese. And so my DNA, which is now on this swab, like where do those swabs go, right? They they are adding, you know, and, and this was confirmed by one um, Uh, Company in in California, which was harvesting people's DNA through this nasal swabbing. Why the testing and testing and testing, the mandatory testing? Great way to harvest DNA. You know, where do the sharps go? You know, all these injections. um, You know, where do the sharps go? I mean, China has made no secret that it wants to own the world's database of DNA and be the world's kind of medical gatekeeper by the year 2030. And Brandon's absolutely right, these people harvest organs of dissidents, they put people in quarantine camps, they solder people, you know, if they are infected into their homes, they force abortions on women, they have no, and I'm not talking about Chinese people, obviously, I'm talking about the leadership, this this Communist Party has no uh, limit to the way it will wage war, even on its own people. So now they're waging war on us. So then it makes sense. You get a little bit sick with the first one. You get sicker with the second one. You have catastrophic symptoms. None of the doctors are going to tell you what they are because I found out through Dr. Jim Thorpe that $11 million went to um, one medical organization to lie to uh, people, the most vulnerable people, about the dangers of the injections and these contracts, and they found many of them in the CARES Act, uh, are written so that the, the doctors and the medical organizations have to give the money back if they don't follow the HHS script. So now you understand the fifth one, the sixth one, you're dead or dying, you know, or you can't reproduce or you're in a wheelchair or you're thoroughly disabled and Ed Dowd has shown the scale using government databases and insurance databases of disabilities, of working age Americans just now with just two injections. Why do we think they're gonna stop there? The goal is to, to get us to be geopolitically, right? I'm not a doctor. I'm a political analyst. I was a political consultant. Geopolitically, it makes perfect sense. You give people three and four and five and six of these injections over the course of the next two or three years, you have you have an America in which the leaders are dead or hurt. You know the next generation is dead or hurt. Um, women are not able to reproduce, uh, and I have you know even more horrific data since I last spoke to you about that. So easy to roll right in, or to pour in from Canada, or to come up through Mexico. So easy to take over the United States, or to you know what is there to take over? I mean, there'll just be a, a change in administration right now our administration is wholly captured by china we know that through from hunter biden's laptop um it'll just be a, a more obvious ownership of our white house and of our institutions and we'll be too weak to fight back
0: well this would be the appropriate time to bring brandon back and have him react to what you've just laid out um brandon your reaction to all this
1: i think Naomi's a 100 correct um and i think that uh you know, the the situation is worse than I, I think anybody understands. I know that it is because when I go up and I serve as an occasional subject matter expert, um, the generals I talk to um, sit and con- they're confounded. Um, and inevitably, it'll, it's usually the, the major and colonel level that will come to me and say, well, we're seeing the same things too, but we can't get command. To pay attention because they they're political. They're taking political orders, not military orders, and so there is this suspension of our ability to respond because nobody in power wants to believe. Because it's almost it's. I mean, it's when you think about it, it's so frightening. You almost wish it weren't true. Sure it is
0: yeah it, it this is uh hard to to listen to Wh- what is the brandon what's the c- the counter argument to all this if somebody uh is is concerned that you're overreacting or that this is apocryphal in some way what do people say
1: uh they say that i'm a ch- anti-china bigot and and they primarily tried to uh, speaking and uh, in 2020, uh, January, right as the pandemic was happening, I was uh, giving my usual talk uh, to a group of special forces uh, operators in a base in Florida, and uh, the colonel there didn't like what I was talking about. I was talking about the genetic origins of, of COVID. At the time, I believe it was in France, they were getting early samples, genetic samples of the disease, and it was this chimeric disease, and I said that term, and the ge- the colonel there uh, uh, summarily booted me, banned me from the base for as long as he was Mm. in command. And he officially, the official complaint was that I made a homophobic slur because I said that (laughs) there was uh, elements of HIV in the pandemic's DNA, which of course there is. Um, and so that's, that's what they do when they don't like what I have to say. They just try to cancel me. But unfortunately for them, I'm not in their chain of command. I'm an outside consultant. I left government for a reason. And this is why. They can only just say, we don't want to use you anymore, Brandon. They can't do anything more to me.
0: Speaking of Florida, before you uh, get Naomi's reaction, uh, your Internet is glitching a little bit. And uh, for those of you yeah. uh, watching right now live, he is uh, about the, the hurricane is about to hit landfall where he is. Yeah. So are you things OK there right now?
3: <laughs> yeah, That's it looks noise. like
0: it looks yeah. like it was the Chinese. Yeah. I'm,
1: yeah well, my, you know, it's funny. I I did these interviews uh, the last month. It happened with Dennis Prager a month ago, and they were joking with me after the show, right when I started talking about China it glitched out. But it's probably from the hurricane. Luckily, the hurricane's going to hit. Well, not luckily, but too bad for them. It's going to hit two hours north of us. I think we should be fine. Ah.
0: And Naomi, uh, Liv, give you a chance to react to uh, Brandon's comments there about what he's saying.
3: Well, I'm just agreeing with him and, you know, glad that he's courageously, you know, forging ahead. His message is so, so important. Uh, are you I getting pushback? Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, of the... Va- va- I'm guessing. Where, did it hey, where, where is, is it? How did it, does, it what,
0: what form does it take? Your- what form does it take, other yeah. than hit pieces that 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 this is politically motivated in some way? What 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 kind of does does do you feel as though the Chinese Communist Party is catching wind of this and coming after you, or, or where where, where oh, do you think the, well, the energy it, like, is coming from?
3: Well, I guess I guess what Brian, who I'm very influenced by on this issue, um, because of his, his expertise, you know, his view would probably be if he were here that I'm not. You know going to be attacked by a chinese special operator right that they operate mm-hmm. their influence and they're aligned with the world economic forum world health organization right. they operate bill gates they operate through cutouts basically so totally you know <laughs> to have the new york times the guardian and vanity fair all line up in a two-week period right when i report on you report 69, this bombshell showing that the White House knew about this horrific eight-page um, report in Pfizer that is even worse than the last report I told you about, about injuring babies. They kill, It kills two babies. Two babies die and in horrible injuries, 21% um, spontaneous abortion rate. This is sent to the White House and Rochelle Wolanski gives press conference telling the women, the pregnant women of America, that the vaccine is safe and effective for pregnancy and they should take it. So right when I report that, you know, this wave of um, coverage designed to make me seem insane, because that's the theme of the, you know, these stories, uh, you know, complete lunatic. um, That's not China. That's the influence uh, of China on the White House. I mean, since you and I last spoke, The Missouri attorney general has found through a a FOIA and a successful lawsuit that the White House, the CDC, um, the FDA, the Bureau of the Census, for some reason, and Twitter and Facebook colluded to single out my accurate tweet in June of 2021 warning women about menstrual problems subsequent to receiving mRNA injections. And so this whole smear campaign had the White House involved, which is scary, and DHS. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that's the cutout, right? That you don't need a a secret Chinese agent, you know, going after Naomi Wolf, because you've got our whole White House is captured, our FTA is captured and so on. Our media are captured. And I trace the money flow in the bodies of others. Um, And I guess, you know, that's the pushback that I experienced. Other pushback. You know, as you know, I married my bodyguard, so I don't really, you know, worry about physical threats because he's he's out there taking care of that in advance for me and not telling me, luckily. But again, it wouldn't it wouldn't come directly. It would be through, um, you know, through intermediaries. And, And we're all like everyone I know in the medical freedom movement is. I mean, what Brian says is it's too expensive these days to assassinate someone. You know, he's not saying for him. He's saying that assassination or, you know, (laughs) not the method of choice, that it's much more effective to engage in lawfare, for instance. And everyone I know or, you know, de-licensing or um, reputational attack And, and everyone I know in the medical freedom movement or just the liberty movement is facing some version of that.
0: You know when you say the medical freedom uh, movement is is that actually have a formal structure to it now is there are there people specific leaders in that no uh so it's just I people mean, that are leaders. interested in people are Sorry, interested in making their own decisions with their doctor i guess is what what that really is at the core of that well, uh, you guys, Susan, do you have any questions before you have to bail out? It They've sufficiently
3: no, uh, upset me going. And
0: scared me. <laughs> um, I know.
3: She's like, oh, God, here y- we go.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm, It is
3: a little nerve-wracking. I'm,
0: well, my head is swimming with so many of these uh, observations. Let's go back to the AI-generated journalism. Is that something that... I, who, where is that playing out? I mean, you know, I was in... I was at, you know, CNN for 10 years. It wasn't like the day the the ai determine what the stories were every day there was a 26 year old line producer i mean that's what people don't understand it's somebody fresh out of college that's feeding you the news typically and they're going with whatever they, they you know whatever the echoes are from their recent uh, educational experience and mm-hmm. I, I, the ai i'm assuming is more on the well it has to be more on the digital side where is that coming from and what how does it manifest
3: well, that is, there are a lot of mysteries about it, um, but I did find a Bloomberg article that I included in the bodies of others that confirmed that AI is being used um, globally to basically write journalism. And what, I don't know the methodology for that, but I, I do know, and you know, as a former political consultant, I always look at historical events backwards, right? I look at the outcome and then you swim upstream to try to see what the cause was. But the outcome you can see all around you, for example, don't go to Diwali, Thanksgiving, you know, Passover because you'll kill grandma, right? That meme, that, that uh, piece of content was reproduced around the world in like hundreds of languages and dialects simultaneously. So like in Israel, people were saying, don't go to Shabbat because you'll kill grandma. In Britain, they were saying, you know, don't go to Guy Fawkes Day because you'll kill grandma. We were saying, don't go to Thanksgiving because you'll kill grandma. Human editors and publishers, as you know, uh, Dr. Drew, can't do that around the world simultaneously. They don't coordinate with each other that way. They don't assign the identical story. They don't have the identical quote. AI can do that. Another example is... um, Well, in in what we're allowed to talk about, right? I mean, the new CEO of of Twitter has said freedom of speech is not freedom of reach. So this is not exactly journalism, but Twitter and Facebook are the biggest uh, platforms for news articles to get out to the public now. Uh, News outlets are very dependent on those platforms. So now, and she's acknowledging it, um, you can be dialed down if you're not like straight up deplatform like I was. But if I'm dialed way down for a story for this, right? I mean, you, you know, you do a version for YouTube and a version that's not for YouTube, as I as I recall. Understandably, because YouTube won't let us talk about this, right? Well, that's there isn't some human being going through and say, "Oh, there's that Naomi Wolf again," and there's Dr. Drew, and they're talking about vaccines. That's AI picking up, you know, certain words, um, certain patterns. Uh, from the mass m- amount of content and and dialing it down or blocking it accordingly. Um, so that's a slightly different uh, version of AI. But lastly, I'll just say, you know, I just finished a new book. It's coming out in November. But I noticed that all of these articles um, had been updated. Uh, And and they've been updated recently. So the original version of stupidity or of wrongness or of saying you've got to wear your mask because it's effective or these vaccines are effective or the whole kind of discrimination um, uh, apparatus of 2021 has gone into a memory hole. And all of these articles have been updated so that that's been erased now, partly probably for legal reasons, you know, that. All of these, there should be many lawsuits. I mean, people are, are are suing people who mandated, suing people who discriminated, suing people who you know closed the doors to education for their children. Um, you can't find that anymore. And again, a human being can't go through and cut and change all of those articles in that way. Those are three examples.
0: That is very interesting. Let's spend the last few minutes sort of getting into solution if there is one. Brandon, do you have sort of uh, recommendations for how we respond to all this?
1: Yeah. So the first thing to understand is that while our government is both inept and compromised, it is not universally so. There are people that we, we can rely on, um, people who are elected as well as pe- the, the faceless men and women of the deep state. Actually, there aren't, they, they aren't all bad people. Um, and I have communicated, for instance, Senator Rand Paul, Uh, Until the pandemic hit, we were talking, his staff and I, with trying to change the definition of what a bribe is under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and basically reclassify tech transfers uh, coming from U.S.-based tech firms going to China uh, as a bribe, because let's face it, that's what it is. And So one of the reasons that China is eating our lunch in technology generally, but specifically in biotech, is because... Our biotech firms and our investors and our innovators transfer technology as an opening bid to gain access, proprietary access often, to that massive Chinese uh, market share. And the Chinese love when we do that. So if we could uh, at least slow down that process, you will basically prevent- a majority of that uh, process from happening. They're not going to stop at all because some of those firms are big enough where they can pay the fines and deal with the legal issues. But there's a lot of startups out there that can't afford that. And so by raising that risk level on them, you've just cut at least it by half their willingness to Transfer technology and uh, proprietary intellectual property to the Chinese biotech war machine. Another thing we need to do, I mentioned in our our individual segment together, Dr. Drew, was uh, the uh, Committee for Investment in the United States, CFIUS. This is a component of the Department of Justice. Um, they have to get everything right 100% of the time. And China is constantly throwing mud at them, trying to purchase real estate near sensitive military facilities, purchase real estate uh, you know that has sensitive agricultural uh, products that are grown there, that are trying to purchase U.S. tech firms. Uh, so they have to get it right all the time, and they just can't because you can't catch it all. So what I propose doing is expanding the budget and the staff of Cifius. And giving it a wider scope so that it can not only detect the incoming uh, Chinese attempts to buy our tech firms and buy access to our people, but that we can also uh, then stop them en masse much better than we have. Um, And those are two of the big things. The third thing I propose in in the book, which you can now see behind me, um, the, the third thing that I propose is we get together at least with our allies Preferably the rest of the world, but at least with the countries who align with us. And we create an international treaty that govern the the safe use, research, and development of biotechnology from here on out. And we create standards and protocols for using CRISPR-Cas9 more responsibly. We're obviously never going to stop using it but we need to use it more responsibly. It's like the Wild re- West right now when we when we deal with CRISPR-Cas9, and we need to really regulate that better. Uh, I, the, in the book I talk about modeling it along the Trump administration's Artemis Accords for how we would govern development of the moon. Some things like that should be applied to uh, the the biotech sector generally, and specifically the use and proliferation of CRISPR-Cas9. And those three things will really, I think, slow down China's uh, march toward biotech supremacy.
0: I see Naomi nodding on many of the things you were saying. I'm going to get her input in a second, but I want two quick follow-ups. It seems you didn't mention the military being involved with this. Since it is sort of framed as a war, it seems like there needs to be some sort of white paper from the military or something like that, where there's at least, you know, sort of military-wide consensus about what's happening here.
1: Well, the elements of the intelligence community, particularly during the Trump administration, the FBI, John Ratcliffe, the former director of national intelligence, they got it. They got the, the problem. The issue was as soon as Biden took over, like I said, one of the first things he did was to kill that FBI China shop that Trump had started.
0: So the, so it could be restarted is the point. My other question yeah. is you mentioned uh, your connection with Rand Paul's operation. I've always, you're, I'm going to ask you a question you may not be able to answer and it may not be a fair question, but I keep hearing that he knows more than he's letting on or that he talks about in many of these congressional hearings and things. Why is that? Yeah.
1: Um, Well, some of that some of that has to some of that has to do with uh, classified what he's getting access to from sort of the military side of biotech. Um, And I I really don't know. I I, I don't know him that well. Um, I know some of his staff. I used to work on the Hill, Um, but I haven't, like I said, since the pandemic hit. I haven't had the kind of connections with them that I used to have. I do intermittently give them inputs for when they were questioning Fauci, for instance. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't answer that decisively. But I do know that some of what he has access to is proprietary information. and He can't share it in a public forum, even though he's a senator.
0: It, yeah, I was afraid of that, and uh, and it, feel, it feels like based on what we've all been hearing that uh, it's some of the same material we were talking about here today, and uh, it's really a the, lot of it's where the rubber book. hit. Yeah. It's where the rubber hits the road. But Na- Naomi, uh, if you would answer any, any any information you have about Rand Paul, number one, and number two, go ahead and a- respond to my question about solutions.
3: Yeah, I don't have any information about Rand Paul, but I I think it's a great question because to me, he seems clearly to be pulling his punches um, as well. Uh, I guess the solution to, to everything, in addition to what Brandon said, of course, is from my point of view, always legislative. And your audience knows that we have something called Bill Camp, where you can share any state or federal bill and affect legislation. It's on dailycloud.io. I mention this because there are some really great bills already in the database, ready to go, ready to be passed, um, that need you, know, you guys to get behind them to help address some of this. For instance, there is a bill, as I recall, to stop China from buying farmland. There's another bill, as I recall, to stop China from buying uh, land near, um, uh, military facilities. Uh, I, there are many, many bills to stop, uh, to end emergency law and to stop mandates, you know, forever, you know, state by state. I mean, right now people are terrified they're being brought back. Well, you pass a, a, a bill in your own state, which is pretty easy to do. We passed uh, the five freedoms bill in 33 states and your state cannot bring back, you know, mandates unless they repeal um, or override that bill. Um, you know, in no central bank digital currency, because that's going to be a feature of this, uh, you know, not having, um, I mean, you know, insisting on U.S. made uh, solar and wind, for instance, if if that's possible to replace our grid going into the hands of China. Um, in other words, if you search "Bill Cam and China, you'll see a lot of really good bills that are there already. And. Um, and I, I do think that what Brandon was talking about, which is you know making sending IP, and when you're saying that, it blew my mind because so many bills I've read have the U.S. taxpayers paying for the development of IP that then gets transferred. And I was like, why does anyone think this is a good idea? Why would taxpayers go for it? But now I know the answer. So you know, preventing the the use of taxpayer funds to uh, for research and development that goes anywhere. Other than to you know, in the ownership of the U.S. taxpayer essentially, um, or, or the government essentially. I mean, why are we funding IP that is making tech companies rich and making other people rich when when it's our money and our IP and, and then going to our enemies? Um, these are just some ideas, but I guess what I want to say in conclusion is that if you don't see a bill there that you want to get behind and pass, you can draft a bill and let us know what you like. We want to draft Brandon's now. We'll draft it if we can raise a little money to hire our lawyer to draft it. That's how we do it. And then we can pass it. And I really want to pass this bill that Brandon described.
0: Is that is that on uh, Daily I.O.? Daily Cloud, rather?
3: Yeah, if you go to Bill Kim, you yeah. can search any federal
0: bill. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And I think I gave your Twitter handle incorrectly. It's Naomi R. Wolf? Yes. Okay. Uh, Final thoughts here, guys. Naomi, Naomi, since you're up, I'll give you a a last shot here.
3: I mean, you know, I guess I just want to say to Susan, it's so awful. And to you, like wrapping your brain around this is the hardest part, right? Because we've had such a wonderful life in this country, you know, from the post-war period on, but all of our lifetimes. But we're not going to survive if we don't face what Brandon is saying and what Brian's been saying and what I've been saying and what General Spalding's been saying and so on. We, we, we owe it to our kids to recognize that this is 1933 and we have to see it.
0: Yeah. And we thank you so much. Brandon, your last comments? Uh,
1: you know, the, the dawn is always Get darkest the book. before. That's right. That's right. Get the Buy book. the book. That's, that's <laughs> the big one. That's right. But, uh, you know, it's not hopeless. There there, there are people, there are patriots out there. And, um, you know, we we just got to stand together or surely we will all hang separately. So, uh, you know, just stand together and and keep fighting it because um, the bad guys haven't won yet.
0: We will leave it at that, guys. Thank you so much. Fascinating conversation. And uh, Naomi, will look for your new book as well. So uh, we'll have you back here, of course, for that or any other new and breaking stuff. And Brandon, as you come up with new material, I hope you'll bring it here.
1: I would love to. Thank you for having
0: me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and for us, uh, tomorrow, Ed Dowd is making another appearance. I think it's brief, I believe. He's part of as much of the way me, or I guess as much the way me is today. He'll, he'll be the second act after Aga Wilson. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, Dr. Kelly will not be with us, but Ed apparently has some uh, new data. In fact, Susan has been sort of toying with the idea of having Ed help. Uh, host some of the shows. So maybe she can talk to him into that. Uh, on Thursday, Mark Cenghese, um without Lionel, so we can actually get into stuff with Mark. He's a cognitive psychologist. Jeffrey Tucker coming back with Kelly on the 5th. September 6th, Joseph Freiman with Kelly. If you saw, please look at the previous interview we did with him. To me, maybe it's because he's a peer and he's such a clear thinker. Some of his thinking and uh, what he has uncovered through his research is some of the most startling uh reporting i have seen so far and then uh john phillips september 13th candace owens coming in on the 19th pierre corey coming back with kelly victory on the 20th so uh i think there's nothing something more quick. to say other than we'll, uh tomorrow by the way will be at noon pacific time yes uh so pay attention to that and caleb something quick
2: yeah something quick uh people you go look at mark Changizi's uh tweets And if you go on his recent tweets, he's been retweeting stuff that he posted back in March of 2020, literally almost word for word, all the stuff that people are saying now about this being a big, just a big giant debacle on the way. He was saying like from day one, he's been saying the same stuff. I had no idea about that. So I'm really looking forward to that episode specifically on the 31st. That's going to be very interesting. Oh, Oh, yeah.
0: He 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 was one of the first to talk in detail about mass formation psychosis. And he framed all of his sort of observations based on the fact that that's what was going on. And so, yeah, he, he's been spot on from the beginning. So, uh, very Caleb, far ahead anything of specific time. you saw?
2: I, I mean, I and was just going, going through specific? And, and bookmarking once. He was talking, you know, he didn't have the words yet for mass formation psychosis, but he was specifically pointing to, this is all being built on hype and fear. Don't fall for it, don't fall for it. And these, some of these are tweets are dated March of 2020. Like people were not thinking about it back then. And this guy was, spot on in the early days so it's gonna i i have questions for him coming up too i'm excited for that one
0: well send, send me a cu- couple of those and we'll yeah. make sure we sort of bring them up tomorrow when he comes on thursday when he comes in here but a reminder tomorrow is noon so please pay attention to that uh hang on one second emily barsh is texting me uh yes i'll tell uh uh, Ke- yes Kelly of course is absolutely fine this is the I guess people get nervous if Kelly misses uh, any shows because of her recent diagnosis but she's actually thr- doing great not not everything is going as absolutely perfectly with her but uh, there's just a scheduling issue and and nothing more than that so Kelly is great and uh, will be as I said joining us again on a couple of shows the following week so we appreciate you all being here we've been watching you guys over in the Rumble rants been very active over there today uh, as well as on the restream. And uh, you guys are full of great comments and great uh, chat and dialogue amongst yourselves there. We're we're monitoring all the time. So we appreciate your participation. We unfortunately had a technical problem with the Twitter spaces today, or we might have been able to do you know what
2: that was, Caleb? i'm not sure it china. everything it wasn't must, must been, china, That's, been china. It's, what a strange coincidence that every time someone starts talking about china we have weird glitches like i don't want to believe it but now it's happened so many times don't, don't
0: go there and <laughs> don't go there until really you have consistent. part of it <laughs> it's 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 not this correlation is not causation so it's a, <laughs> true it's a easier there was also some you know I, i'm getting. I get. There's there's a guy on Twitter I like following, Tame, the the Real Truther or something like that, and he put oh, yeah. some interesting data up today about military uh, findings and excess death. And I want I want Ed Dow to take a look at that and and see if he because I I'm starting to get confused again about what's really going on here. It's very hard to tell and how much is COVID and how much is vaccine. And I'm I'm, I'm seemingly back to where I was um, some time ago. And I know to the dismay of the Rumble Ranchers, I am uh, now in, completely convinced that boosting up my elderly patients was the correct thing to do. I've not seen a single adverse event, though the current variant, by the way, I've seen quite a bit of the, the current variant, is it is very intense. People are sick for about three days, uh, and without treatment, they get better very, very quickly. There's no there's no um, cytokine storm or anything, and everybody's been vaccinated or had previous infections, so it's almost impossible to find an immunologically naive individual now, so we're really talking about what's going on in the general population uh, of people with vaccine and previous illness, and it's, you know, so it's, it's getting more and more complicated to, to make conclusions, but in the general population, this variant is... More infectious than the previous uh, variants. And the previous variants, if they were not significantly altered in their infectivity by the vaccine, that means this may increase above baseline. So stay tuned for whether or not it actually means people are more likely to get infected or not. We need more data on that. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Pacific time. 273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com slash help.